Welcome to The Bill Walton Show, featuring conversations with leaders, entrepreneurs, artists and thinkers. Fresh perspectives on money, culture, politics and human flourishing. Interesting people, interesting things. Welcome to The Bill Walton Show. I'm Bill Walton. The Chinese Communist Party has been at war with America for the past three decades. That's the, that's the subject of a very important new book, The Indictment, which was pulled together and, and written by Frank Gaffney, who we all know is um, founder of the Center for Security Policy and hosts a terrific radio TV show, Securing America with Frank Gaffney on Real America's Voice uh, weeknights and uh, I think Monday night's a special night because I appear often with Frank uh, on Mondays and we enjoy weekly conversations about just this topic, uh, China and its machinations in the world. Uh, it's maybe the biggest topic we face because it's not only a national security issue, a threat from abroad, but if you look at China's strategy, it's been to il in infiltrate the United States and they've done that stealthily and effectively, as I mentioned, for decades. So we have a big problem here, and we need to do something about it. And Frank has put together a book not only describing the problem, which is what most people do with books, but coming up with some terrific solutions. Frank, welcome. Thank you, Bill. It's great to be with you, and thank you for all the contributions you make to our program. Well, we're, we're, we like to, we, we, this is, we got to do it together. Yeah, we do, for sure. Um, thank you for helping frame what we're doing with this book as well. It's a product of a lot of contributions that you, among others, have made to a series of webinars that we've conducted under the banner of the Committee on the Present Danger China over the past 11 or so months, aimed at basically addressing two, two really important topics. One is, what's the nature of the warfare that the Chinese communists have waged against us for decades, going back probably to the early 1990s, in fact? What toll has it taken on us? how have they gotten away with it, and the costs that have been associated with it so far. Point one and point two, who's been helping them do it? Who, as you say, inside America have been enablers or yeah. facilitators or apologists, at least, for what they've been doing to us? And the content was so rich <clears throat> as a result of you know, the excellent inputs that we received from people like yourself, that I wanted to make sure that it was accessible to the largest possible audience. And there are only a certain number of people who are going to wade through, you know, 100 plus hours of video. So we've got the highlights of, I think, the most important insights and analyses, and of course, also uh, the recommendations that came out of all of those webinars in this book. And uh, I'm happy to say it's seemingly being very well received by the public. And that's the first step. We want it to be received well by the people representing them and who are in the best position to act on the recommendations we've got for specific steps to correct what's happened so far, to penalize the Chinese for doing it to us, and not least to try to deter what seems to be in the offing now, which is the next phase, not the pre-kinetic, as they say, kind of warfare they've waged so far, but possibly a shooting kind as well. Will you joke with me when you're interviewing me, 
you call me a recovering master of the universe, which I get a kick out of. Uh, I never was, really, but maybe a little. Yes, uh, of course you but were. But the, the thing that's striking is that Wall Street, multinational corporations in America, Congress, the Academy, really, and Hollywood, have been working with China for decades, the three decades we've talked about, during which time the Chinese had a deeper plan, and we seem to be oblivious. Mm. And I only reference my Wall Street days because I think I was part of the problem. The idea was we're going to make China um, be a member of the World Trade Organization, we're going to do business with them, they're going to get rich, they're going to become democratic, and they'll be just like us, and we'll live happily forever. Mm. Well, that didn't happen because of the Chinese... Um, deeper agenda. And I guess my question for you is, you've been watching this for years. How did this percolate along? And when did, when did it emerge uh, for most of us that this is, uh, this is a big threat? Those are important questions. I'd, I'd say that the single most important line of attack by the Chinese Communist Party against us in this unrestricted warfare has been their elite capture, their ability to suborn, seduce, co-opt, compromise, or otherwise um, induce to do their bidding the elites of our country. And by that we mean, yes, masters of the universe on Wall Street. We mean business leaders more generally. We mean, as you said, media, academia, Hollywood, and of course, not least, our political elites both in the executive branch and in the Congress. And in part, the answer to the question of why haven't more of us really understood what's been going on here is most of us are people who are, you know, focused as we tend to be in free societies on our own business, mm -hmm. you know, our families, our businesses, literally our communities. We rely on certain people, people not least, that we elect to represent us, to be looking out for our interests, minding protecting our, us. Minding our store. Minding the store, exactly. And I think when you combine those two, our misplaced trust in people who turn out to have been co-opted or captured, as the Chinese call it, by the enemy, it's not a surprise that so few of us really haven't gotten it until now. But... but the thing that I re realized, I thought, always thought elite capture was the pejorative, you know, Peter Schweizer's used it effectively in his books, but it's right there in the Chinese Communist Party playbook. It's it one of their key strategies, and it's not only happened here in the United States, but their Belt and Road Initiative, which has them helping, helping countries all over the world with infrastructure projects. Capturing. Capturing. Mm. Okay, thank you. Uh, and it's happened, if you look at what's happened in South America, Central America, Central America, Africa, parts of the Middle East now, you know, it's interesting, not so much right around China, because the China's neighbors, immediate neighbors, don't trust them at all. <laughs> so it's been more in these other continents. They've had an explicit strategy to go in and co-opt the leadership of these countries. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's again, same playbook. It's just using mostly money. Sometimes there's ideological affiliation. Sometimes sure. there's some sort of coercion, you know, sexual entrapment, what have you. But mostly it's money. They simply buy 
these people. Whether they're elites here, whether they're elites in these countries developing around the world, it's probably mostly just a question of how costly is it to the Chinese, but it's chump change in the great scheme of things. Our colleague and friend Trevor Loudon, a member of our committee on the present mm -hmm. danger of China, is you know, very fond of saying, look, when you contemplate the costs associated with a war to con you know, conquer another country, to achieve your hegemonic objectives, compared to buying off their elites, it's, it's a trivial it's amount trivial. of money. Yeah. And it is highly effective and has been. But my point is really this. You ask the question, you know, uh, are Americans even now actually alive to how serious the danger is? And I would say not adequately, but more than they have been, despite this effort by the elites to sort of keep them in the dark. And the reason I think that's so, Bill, is charge number four in this nine-count indictment of ours is the biological warfare attack that the Chinese Communist Party deliberately unleashed against our country, involving a virus out of a biological warfare laboratory in Wuhan called the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And this was the subject of another book that we've done called The CCP is at War with America. And it was a Team B, you know, independent assessment that came up with this basic conclusion. We don't know how the virus got out of the laboratory. We have lots of evidence that that's where it came from, not least because Tony Fauci was paying for and giving them technology to genetically engineer coronaviruses in that laboratory. That's what they call in the intelligence business a clue. <laughs> and the clue takes you to the next question, which is if how did it get out? We don't know. But what right. we do know is once it was out, Bill, the Chinese communists deliberately sent it here at the same time they were not allowing people to leave Wuhan to go anyplace else in China. They were welcome to go to the United States. They were enabled to go here and to other nations around the world. And not surprisingly, in fact, quite intentionally, they spread this pandemic with them wherever they went. Well, the the problem I think America has in, in this is that there's, there's cognitive dissonance. We talk about the elites, we talk about the multinationals, Hollywood, et cetera. They're deep relationships they've developed in China. Mm -hmm. Steve Blackstone or Steve um, Schwarzman. Schwarzman of Blackstone Group has created something called Blackstone Scholars, which are basically Rhodes Scholars with an institute he set up in Beijing. Mm -hmm. um, uh, 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 Scott, or let's see, who runs Apple now? Uh, Tim, Tim, uh, Tim Cook. Thank you, Kenny. Tim Cook, uh, is, you know, spent 20 years in China developing sourcing and relationships in China for the iPhone. The iPhone basically can't get built unless it's in China. These people have developed friendships in addition to their, their business dealings. And so when you, when you see something like this leveling a charge that China is at war with us, they have a hard time accepting that. And I think one of the problems we've had is getting people to face up to uh, our reality. Yeah. Now, you frame this but, but, as... But just if I could, to tie this back up, I, I think that all of that was harder, Bill, until, you know, the old expression that conservatives are liberals who've been mugged by reality. Yeah. The, bi the bug, the virus, the Wuhan virus specifically, I think caused an awful lot of Americans to wake up 
to the reality that there's a problem with China. They don't fully understand it. They certainly don't get the magnitude of it, which is really part of the point of this book, is to connect a bunch of dots that explain this is not just a bad day. This is not just even a bad year or two. What they have in mind for us, and we start, by the way, if I may, Bill, just a quick digression. The first charge is the crimes against humanity that this transnational criminal organization is engaged in. And the reason that's the first charge is not only because of the enormity of it, 100 million people killed, and that's not counting the 400 million in the mm -hmm. womb that they boast of having murdered as part of their population control. But it's also because any regime that treats its own people that horrifically, and the overwhelming number of those 100 million are Han Chinese. Yes, some Tibetans and some Uyghurs and some Southern Mongolians, but most of them are Han Chinese. They've killed them relentlessly for decades. They will not treat our people better if they can get their mitts on us. So we wanted to start with that as a scene setter for what we're up against and then talk in the other eight charges about how this unrestricted warfare has rolled out and devastated our country, our people, our freedoms, our republic. The, 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 but the key takeaway from what you just said, though, is that we're at war with the Chinese Communist Party. Correct. We're not at war necessarily with the Chinese people. Do not want to Because be. the Chinese Communist Party has been wreaking unbelievable uh, uh, havoc on its own people. Yeah, you're absolutely and, right. And, and the key thing about that is if we identify them as a transnational criminal organization, if we recognize that they have inflicted this unbelievable harm on the Chinese people, we have an opportunity to do what my old boss Ronald Reagan did in the Cold War, which was to delegitimate this communist party that is horrifically mistreating its own people even as it tries to threaten ours. That's an essential element, I think, of the strategy and the 20 recommendations we have about what needs to be done well, now. Well, you, you uh, I love this book because it's so logically laid out. We talk about the indictments. You mentioned some numbers of them. There are nine indictments in here. Mm -hmm. And just going down the list, uh, we talked about the bio-warfare. We talked about the fact that CCP really is at war with America with its kinetic warfare, the, what they're doing with their Navy, what they're doing with space warfare, the whole list of things. That's all coming. Yeah, It's all coming. Mm -hmm. um, and we mentioned elite capture. That's number three. Um, number five is the is the is what they've done to take down our economy. I, they really took advantage of the world trade situation and hollowed out American manufacturing with the help of American elites. Right. Um, Economic warfare. Energy security. I mean, somehow they've been very, very assiduous in pushing green climate change policies, which, of course, if you do wind and solar, where's that all made? China. China. So, right. you know, on and on. I don't want but to Bill, the get point, every one of them here, but, no, but, I, but, but for but people who are going to read this book, this is a great way to, to, to synthesize what, what, what they're doing. Right. And, and at the end of it, I'm hoping people will say, um, these are criminal acts. And the reason that's so important is if they're understood as such, then those friends of China, people you used to work with and some you've mentioned here, are accomplices to criminal acts against our country. 
And that means, I believe, if we can prosecute this case against the Chinese Communist Party, this transnational criminal organization, and its enablers, its co-conspirators, its accomplices, whatever you want to call them, we have a chance of actually creating conditions under which this kind of stuff stops. This, this helping of the takedown of America by American elites is, is right at the top of the list of things that need to be done now if we're to survive our country. This is the Bill Walton Show, and I'm here with Frank Gaffney, and we're talking about his important new book, uh, The Indictment, which uh, gets into great, uh, um, I wouldn't say great, it's a great overview of what's at stake with China, what to do about it, lines of action, and also it's got a guide to, how many webinars did you do? Uh, 70, well, roughly time, 70 webinars. Put that together, the, about and 70. The, yeah. and the, barcodes in here so you can find them just by getting the book and also a list of all the contributors to the webinars. So this is not a book that somebody went to the mountaintop and came down and said, gee, here it, here's, the, here's the truth, although it is the truth, and Frank knows that. But there's a vast number of people involved in this, and this is really, what would you say, a synthesis of, uh, mm -hmm. of the best thinking? That's our purpose, yes, sir. Succeeded. Well, I hope. And, and the most important part of it was to try to not only capture these important ideas and insights and recommendations, but to make them accessible. And uh, I, I, as you mentioned, you know, it's actually not a barcode, it's a QR code. And so, you know, you could put your phone over My it. My technology and skills. I know, I know. I, we, we work with you, but here it is. You, you've got to help me. <laughs> it's, a QR code. It's, it's okay. meant to make I can't it even is, read a menu. Make it possible, if you like that quote, if you want to see the context in which it was made, right. take a look at the rest of the webinar. Boom, you can pull it right up on your phone. But Bill, the, the thing is, and I appreciate so much the chance to explore this with you, because what you demonstrate each week as we talk about China is you've come to understand how wrong some of that earlier thinking was and how urgent it is that we impress upon the people you used to work with, among others, but especially them, that it's not only wrong, but it's perilous in the extreme for our country because to the extent that those, no kidding, unrecovered masters of the universe, persist in putting the money of American investors, whether it's pension fund plan money or whether it's mutual funds or exchange traded funds or index funds or any of those other investment vehicles you understand better than I, into communist China, they are underwriting the war against us, the unrestricted war to date and what I fear is next, and that is the shooting war. We have got a problem in that, and you and I can talk about the dollar amount, but there's roughly a billion, a trillion five American dollars invested in China. Now, you had a, a bigger number. We're, I was going we're using the, the number China three to six, but big that's, no, a, that's a pretty six. big okay, well, wag. But anyway, it's, it's a lot of money, and that's American dollars both uh, in, the, in the securities market mm -hmm. in, with Chinese public companies, so-called public companies, but also direct investing, venture capital, Apple's investment in China, you know, and it's not just the United States that has this issue. Uh, China is Volkswagen's largest single market, mm -hmm. or at least was until last year when, Mercedes by the way, Benz, the Chinese started moving them out, Mercedes-Benz as well. So 
tremendous financial investment, tremendous emotional investment. And this is not like fighting the Soviets in the, mm. in the 50s and 60s and 70s, where it was pretty much self-contained world. The Soviets, our world was pretty self-contained. We worried about nuclear. Here, we've got this thorny thing of unraveling all these interrelationships. You and I talked with Rosemary Gibson mm. about our utter dependence on China for, for critical pharmaceutical right not only manufacturing, but distribution. And that came up, you mentioned that in the biowarfare thing with Wuhan. Yeah. They started talking about, well, you know, you, you, we, may not, we may not send you all the drugs that we can make if you're or not Or the nice. personal protective equipment or what Yeah, all that. No, Bill, supply chains are a key piece of yeah. what has been brought about by the unrestricted economic warfare against us. But to your larger point, it's not an accident that we are entangled. In fact, back in the early 1990s, indeed, I think right about the time that Deng Xiaoping, the then dictator of communist China, was observing that the Cold War between the United States and the Soviet Union was over and the Soviets had lost and said to his team, a new Cold War has begun between the United States and China, and China will win. And he propounded a strategy that came to be known colloquially as the hide and bide strategy. It was designed to try to assure that they did not face the same fate as the Soviets, where the United States, through Reagan's strategy, cut them off from their cash flow, something our colleague Roger Robinson helped him do. They wanted to get so integrated with us by hiding their true intentions, inducing people like the masters of the universe on Wall Street to believe that they just wanted to be rich and then they'd be like us and everything would be fab fabulous. They wanted to bide their time while they took advantage of that naivete, that misdirection, that deception, to build up both their economic power and their military strength through unrestricted warfare against us, including, interestingly enough, Bill, in a book of that title, Unrestricted Warfare, authored, as you know, by two senior mm -hmm. People's Liberation Army colonels in Six, 1999. Yeah, that, that, that long 1999, ago. right. Yeah. They laid out, among other things that they would use as lines of attack against us, biological warfare. Mm -hmm. So they've done this relentlessly with great effect, and we're still, most of us, not clued up about the full magnitude of the danger that that represents, but the entanglement and the elite capture of which it's a part has been instrumental in the success of that hide and bide strategy and helping them get away with it. We don't have time to go through all of your recommendations for that we'll have to all buy the book. Amen. Or it's on Kindle as well, which is a great way to get through it. Uh, but the first one is understand the threat, which is what we're talking about now. And I was on a call with Scott Rasmussen, the pollster, mm -hmm. earlier this week, and he said, that he threw out a number I thought was stunning. Only 8% of Americans are talking about politics in any time during the week. Mm. So that means 92% are A, not talking about American politics, but they're certainly not talking about China mm. and what, what China might mean for us. So I think waking the people up to what the, 
what the threat is, is, is sort of seems like job one. It is. Well, it's uh, action item one, basically. And, and, and here's the thing, Bill. You asked about once this came. Part of it came out of the, the work of our committee on the present danger of China, which I'm very proud to say you are a member. Yeah. Part of it came out of an earlier experience with another group of a similar name, the Committee on the Present Danger, of which Ronald Reagan was a member, by the way. And as he approached the 1980 election, he went to his colleagues in the Committee on the Present Danger and he said, would you help me devise a strategy that would be very clearly different from Jimmy Carter's sort of detente strategy? It wouldn't even be containment. It would be rollback. And you were working for Reagan then? I was not working for Reagan at that time. Okay. He was, uh, he was right. running for office. I, I worked for him in 1983 Later. and 87. Okay. But, but the piece of this that's really important is he got a strategy and he took it to the American people as a choice in the 1980 campaign. He made it very explicit. He was in favor of putting the Chinese communists, excuse me, the Soviet communists on the ash heap of history. Mm -hmm. He got a mandate to do that an overwhelming one from the American people. And having that mandate, he executed upon it, by the way, with the help of about 30 members of the committee. Flash forward, we believe in our time, it is essential for a similar kind of adoption by political leaders who are not captured, who are not under any illusion about the nature of this threat, and who will seek a mandate from the American people for a course correction that is desperately needed. And that if, please God, we have time, that war does not spring upon us in the meantime, uh, yeah. we have time for a course correction well, at last. We're, we're, we need to wrap up here because I know you and I want to talk. We've got another topic we want to get into beyond this one. We're going to be talking with Ben Weingarten, who's done a terrific uh, bit of work on CISA and did a recent uh, congressional testimony on it. We want to talk, Frank and I both want to talk to him about it. But the uh, the thing that, I think Frank, we're, I've actually lost my train of thought. Help me out here. We, well, I think you were concluding to make the point <laughs> that we need to buy the book. Conclude. I want to go on for a, buy the book, buy this book. <laughs> I has, when, oh, it, I, when in doubt, default to that proposition. <laughs> anyway, I was going to make a crack about Joe Biden, which I think probably can go un, un, uh, unremarked. I guess there was a reason why I, I went... Uh, you went dark. I went dark. Okay. <laughs> so with that, with, that, with that plausible explanation, uh, I've been, this has been the Bill Walton Show, and I'm here with my great friend and great patriot, uh, Frank Gaffney. We've been talking about his book, The Indictment, which I encourage everyone to get. It's... Uh, it's a great quick read, but you're going to know a lot about China and what's at stake if you take the time with it. So anyway, thanks for joining us on The Bill Walton Show. And as you know, you can find us always on all the major podcast platforms, Rumble, YouTube. Um, we're on uh, uh, CPAC now on Monday nights, and we're also on uh, Substack now, which is a very interesting platform. Send us your comments about upcoming shows, upcoming guests you'd like us to get into. As you know, we like we like to take complicated things and try to explain them in a way that all of us can understand. So thanks, Frank Gaffney, for joining. This has been a pleasure, a short but, but I think penetrating conversation. And uh, I'll see you, I guess I'll see you next Monday. Yes, indeed. <laughs> okay. Anyway, thanks for joining. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. 
Want more? Click the subscribe button or head over to thebillwaltonshow.com to choose from over 100 episodes. You can also learn more about our guest on our Interesting People page. And send us your comments. We read everyone and your thoughts help us guide the show. If it's easier for you to listen, check out our podcast page and subscribe there. In return, we'll keep you informed about what's true, what's right, and what's next. Thanks for joining.